0: I finally figured out how to get my laptop audio to come through the speakers. <laughs> <That's me.
1: laughs> Be my guest. <laughs> <laughs>
0: If you can't yes. guess, we were talking about the coronation this Saturday. That was God save the king, and it begins this Saturday at 6 a.m. our time, 11 o'clock British time. But we wanted to talk some about the coronation today, about the idea of the monarchy, um, and really the importance of it for um, Americans, Episcopalians, Anglicans, Christians in general. Um, if you are religious, there is an element of this coronation ceremony that will speak to you. And and it will be important to us as Christians to um, kind of walk through some of the the biblical basis for it and and why it matters in the first place. So that will kind of be our topic today.
1: Well, yes. And let me start with um, just turning to 1 Kings from my brand new coronation (laughs) Bible, King James Version. Um, First Kings um, chapter 1, verse 34. And let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet, two names we'll hear Mm -hmm. put to music on Saturday, anoint him, I'm talking about Solomon, anoint him there king over Israel, and blow ye with the trumpet and say, God save King Solomon. Yep. So the point is, um, that I think the overarching point that I would like to make is that even though we are proud Americans, mm-hmm. and I would love nothing more than to have a flat in London and a, you know, a cottage out in, in in Norfolk or someplace like that, but at the end of the day, my blood bleeds red, white, and blue. Um, I am very much in favor of our form of government is imperfect as it is, Mm -hmm. um, we're not here trying to um, overthrow our system of life and pretend we wish to live somewhere else. But the point is, there is something extraordinarily biblical about a king Mm -hmm. being anointed that runs from the book Genesis all the way to the book Revelation. And by Genesis, I mean this mythical, mysterious King Melchizedek, mm-hmm. the priest king that we see in Genesis, all the way into, um, into the book of Revelation, mm-hmm. where we have people with their crowns yeah. as they cast and them down the and lay them down. So the imagery of the monarch, of the king, of this perfect form of a benevolent um, figure to lead, to guide, and to protect... Is saturated uh, by references in holy scripture. So this not a political podcast here. And and frankly, even though the monarch of, of the United Kingdom has a political role, mm-hmm. it's not a partisan role by established custom. Right. So um, so there's a lot to unpack here. And I think the other thing that I really want to make. Uh, the point I want to make, is this, when you look at the coronation, and the coronation rite...
0: We've both got it printed out. We've got sure, printed we'll, we'll it out, and I, it. I have
1: a, a bound version of Queen Elizabeth in 1953, mm-hmm. which there are some interesting changes, but for the most part it's the same, is that when you look at this liturgy, it is not a political event as we would imagine it. Exactly. It is It is. It's a religious event. Religious with uncompromising liturgy of Christianity, yeah. and the whole world is tuning in. And, and this is what, f- frankly, the, the royal family does so well with royal weddings, mm-hmm. with, the, with the burial of, of, of Queen Elizabeth last year to now this coronation is, and we were talking earlier, I don't know if there will be in, in all of human history A more watched Christian liturgy than this. Even the funeral of of a pope, which is a major event. Well, I mean, I'm 44, and I have lived through uh, the funerals of two popes, which is still remarkable because Pope John Paul II lived such a long, long time. I mean,
0: you live an average lifespan. You will probably have another one. Uh, Two or three, perhaps, honestly.
1: But you have to be over 70 years old to have been alive during the last coronation, Mm -hmm. and you really have to be over 80 years old to remember it. it. So it really is an extraordinary event that happens, um, it was happened really only once in uh, in one's lifetime so far. So the whole world will be tuning in to see Mm -hmm. what's going to happen. And this is Christianity, and this is Anglicanism on display in a way that only... The Church of England, the the British, the BBC yeah. can do it. It's going to be magnificent, and the liturgy we we have received from the Church of England, this is not, I imagine, the actual bulletin that will be published by no, Westminster Abbey. This is Abbey. commentary, and yeah, <laughs> it's very helpful, There, there are though. two versions, and if you're interested there, I'm sure we'll put it in the comments uh, or in the, in the, in the description. Yeah. There are two versions of it, one both put out by the Church of England. One is just the liturgy itself, and one has some commentary mm-hmm. on the side, which parts may be more, more, more or less helpful uh, to you. Um, but th- there are a couple of things I want to highlight on this. And I am by no means an expert because I have never seen one happen, mm-hmm. nor has again most people have seen it. But th- this is a church service. Mm-hmm. This is in the context of the Holy Eucharist. Now, the now the first part will have all kinds of bits and pieces that you will you will never see in yeah. a Holy Eucharist. But when it gets toward the end, by the it's, end, it's
0: it's our Father, I understand. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it is it is the Eucharist,
1: especially from people who um, who attend Saint Timothy's. I mean, it's very much it, it, very similar to a mm-hmm. right one, holy Eucharist. I mean, it's done. It's not done um, completely to the 1662 Book of Common Prayer. There's there's some you know some changes to it, mm-hmm. but but the same the same style and um, feeling of of the traditional language um, is certainly in there. So mm-hmm. um, a couple of things I just want to comment on. For conversation, just some of the changes that I think are interesting is that the very first thing that happens when when the when the king and queen enter Westminster Abbey, they are greeted by a Chapel Royal chorister, a young person. And I actually, I know this is a new innovation. I think this is brilliant. This is uh, King Charles and Queen Camilla being greeted, and the words are, "Your Majesty, as children of the Kingdom of God, we welcome you in the name of the King of Kings." Mm-hmm. And then King Charles responds, "In his name and after his example, I come not to be served but to serve." Mm-hmm. Setting the whole um, tenor of, of the of the of the entire coronation yeah. and of the role of the monarchy is that the monarch is this person set apart to really be the exemplar of fidelity and service, and in the best in the best possible way, the um, the monarch is above the political. Um, uh, world, the mm-hmm. partisan world, uh, I should say, meaning they they don't have to worry about being reelected. They right. don't have to worry, ideally, about. Popular opinion mm-hmm. to—I mean, they should obviously care about the people and what they're thinking about. But, but their guide not, should not be correct approval ratings. Their their guide should be what is right, mm-hmm. what is just, and and they're set apart ideally to to have that authority to do what is right and just, um, governed not by just their own will or governed by mm-hmm. their own conscience, but by but by the holy scriptures and the church and Jesus Christ, which is what this liturgy says and demands. Throughout. Now, clearly, King Charles is, this is 2023, we have, it is a constitutional monarchy. It is the crown in parliament. These, the, the, the days of Henry VIII, the days really of right. Charles I, there's a long, long gone. The, the, the monarch still has authority, but um, I think it's more theoretical authority than actual authority mm-hmm. in practice. However, it's the image that's important, mm-hmm. is that all of the United Kingdom has one figure that they can look to, which I'm jealous, we don't have that in the United States. We simply don't have it. Now, again, in the United Kingdom we can watch video and, and read articles, not everyone is excited about this. I think the overwhelming majority mm-hmm. of the people are, but there's still people who are, are Republicans, not in the American right. sense, but but in the, in the anti-monarchy sense. Yeah. Um, but
0: there's something fundamentally about the monarchy, about that. About the fact that it is a contract between the king Very and much. the people. And that gives the people, just like, you know, we would say here, it gives us freedom to, you know, lob complaints about, you know, we didn't vote for them and we get a choice. But the the people actually have that right to to, you know, not watch this coronation Correct. or want nothing to do with it. What I do think is interesting is the move from um, you know, like what you said Charles I and Henry VIII to constitutional monarchy actually almost cements the king in a more religious role. Um, now it is explicitly religious and you said theoretical, but it you know it could very well be um, you know, religious figurehead, less so than a political um, partisan figurehead. I mean, in, in, in this service, as we'll see as we go through it, really does cement that role, that he is a servant of God to guide the people, um, not in the partisan affairs, but in religious justice, truth, um, those noble virtues.
1: Yes. Um, And I was trying to find something, I think, in this wonderful commentary that we'll also link by um, Francis Young, who is a a member, a reader in the Church of England. Mm -hmm. I think, actually, he makes the comment in this liturgy that Queen Victoria... Uh, made some demand that something not be omitted, uh, and that was the last time that the, the the royal veto was exercised, I think. And I think it was um. over a religious matter. I could be completely making this up, but I think I'm right. And hopefully, by the time this is over, I will have found it. And we can comment on it. But so after the the um, the greeting and introduction of the Archbishop of Canterbury, there is the Curia Leasom. Mm-hmm which is sung in in, in Welsh, Welsh yes. which will be which will be beautiful first time ever i mean the the Welsh people are the people of song i mean they the singing is such a part of their of their cultural dna mm-hmm. that will be extraordinary and then and then now there's this wonderful recognition which i think used to be done by the archbishop of canterbury that he would say it to the four corners of the of the coronation theater um, presenting presenting the the undoubted king um, and um all who and wherefore all you who are come to this day to do your homage and service are you willing to do the same mm-hmm. and they all say god save Char- king charles going back to first kings one uh, god, saved that king birth- god, god save saved king, king solomon god save king solomon this is this is biblic this is a biblical mm-hmm. event that is this continuing and who
0: is presenting him the archbishop the church, of canterbury absolutely. The, ch- the church i mean that no is, bishop no king that right? is a a Something that, you know, we just kind of accept that Archbishop of Canterbury and the King are are one in the same I mean are are joined together in a lot of a lot of events in England, but that is noteworthy. Um, That is something America would never have. No, and we need to make the point
1: again, is that Charles became king the moment his mother breathed Mm -hmm. her last. The moment. Mm -hmm. There's never a time when there's not a monarch Mm -hmm. over the United Kingdom. However, what is happening here? He's not being made king. He's already Well, even even more so, he is now being anointed. There is now this covenant with God. Mm. There is this relationship with with the king and and God through the church. Mm -hmm. And this anointing, as we will see, and this is what I think will be so extraordinary to see, is an ordination Mm -hmm. of sorts. The monarchy, when you look at the liturgy, and when you really sort of look at Holy Scripture... I think you can make an argument is kind of, and this will be a controversial thing for a member of the Episcopal Church in the United mm-hmm. States to say. However, you know, nothing new for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of an eighth sacrament. Yeah, and when you look at how how King Charles and Queen Elizabeth and all the monarchs before them are vested. Mm-hmm. And what the, these are ecclesiastical vestments that we'll yeah. see.
0: And even if you don't think it should be, I think it's clear when you read through this this liturgy that it's intended to be that way. Absolutely. They, they you know, we'll see that they put a stole on him. They anoint him. They sing the exact same hymn that was sung at my ordination just a couple that weeks we'll get ago. We'll the, Come the Holy Spirit. Um, I think there's an intent there that is communicated very clearly in a couple ways. So after the, the people uh, from the Four Corners, and what's different this time
1: is they'll be Instead of the Archbishop introducing um, or, or doing the recognition, there are, it's the Archbishop and then uh, three members of, uh, of, of the various chivalric um, uh, orders Lady of the Thistle, uh, um, Victoria Cross, Lady of the Garter will do the same thing, but they all shout, uh, God save King Charles. Then the next thing is the presentation of the Bible, yeah, which I, I and, and it's in this, and it's the moderator of the Church of Scotland that I think is one of the most beautiful words in the entire coronation, Mm -hmm. is that he is given a Bible, and it says, "Uh, Sir, to keep you ever mindful of the law and the gospel of God as the rule for the whole life and government of Christian princes, receive this book, the most valuable thing that the world affords. Here is wisdom. This is the royal law. These are the lively oracles of God.
0: That is extraordinarily beautiful, I made a note of that, and... uh... You know, thought what what a tremendous way to start. And honestly, you know, as as the, I was thinking, if you were watching it, it starts early. The presentation. Well, I mean, I think by this point, everyone is tuned in and starting to finally pay attention. And what is the first thing that they see? A yeah. presentation of a Bible, a reminder that all authority comes from God. And then those words, "Here is wisdom. This is the." I mean, what a tremendously Christian beginning to a to a liturgy. And the thing
1: is, and I made a little devotional booklet that if one wanted to, they could have their own devotions along mm-hmm. with this. Most everything that's being said to Charles and Camilla is being said to us. Mm-hmm. The same thing applies to us. When you pick up your own Bible, that is the most valuable thing the world affords. Mm-hmm. It is the wisdom, the royal law, the oracles, of mm-hmm. God, and it's intended organs. to also keep
0: us mindful
1: of the law and the Absolutely. gospel of God. I think it's abs- my favorite part in the entire, yeah. uh, among my most favorite parts in the entire coronation. Then there's the oath that the the king makes, um, and then what is what does the the king vow to do? Will you will you to your power cause
0: law and justice in mercy to be executed in all your judgments? Mm-hmm. I will. And, I noted the phrase, the true profession of the gospel. Yes. Um, again, very unapologetic that our goal is to truly and rightly proclaim the holy gospel as it is contained in the Bible, which he was just given.
1: And let me make this point, because several times Charles will have to acknowledge he's a Protestant. Yep. Which may sound
0: strange. Protestant reform, religion established yeah. by law.
1: And, and, you know, King Charles has a, I think by all accounts, a lively true faith yeah. his um, um, grandmother is is was a was an Orthodox nun mm-hmm. who's buried just outside she's buried on the Mount of Olives his father was very spiritual his mother obviously um, could be argued to be a confessor of the faith he has it in his heritage but I think he has it in his own searching as well mm-hmm. he's had a long time to think about these things and I think that it's important to remember is that the Church of England always viewed itself when you look at the The writings of the bishops during the times of King Charles and the Caroline Divines mm-hmm. viewed themselves as the continuation of the Catholic Church, of not to be anything different mm-hmm. than what Christ established. So the language of the Protestant Reformed religion is to separate or distinguish the Church from innovations and abuses that accrued in, in Western uh, right. Christendom. It's not to say that we are we, we do not profess the Catholic faith. Yeah. The actual argument is, this is the Catholic faith, Mm -hmm. uh, uncorrupt, uh, incorrupt. that has has been spared from from corruption. Um, um, So help us God. So that's what Charles is promising to uphold and to defend as the supreme governor of Mm -hmm. the Church of England. What does that mean? That means that in theory, he appoints the bishops. Mm -hmm. He appoints appoints the Archbishop of Canterbury, who then again anoints Mm -hmm. the monarch in the future.
0: So there is this, which has th- caused great turmoil in yeah. in the past. Absolutely. with the king and the bishops um, fighting about yeah. that. Um, after after we have the oath, there
1: is an anthem by William Byrd, like one of the greatest composers in, mm-hmm. in sort of English history. Byrd and Talus are amazing, and then there's this one thing that we haven't seen before ever, and maybe have this. never seen in in the history of of of, um, of the English monarchy or the British monarchy have to be careful because England is a country, along with Wales and Scotland and Northern Ireland. It's the king making his own prayer publicly. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we've ever heard
0: a monarch pray publicly. Yeah, their little commentary says this is possibly the first time in our history that such a personal prayer has been voiced so publicly by the sovereign. So I I think you're right on that.
1: Um, He's using language that we have in... In the prayer book, Mm -hmm. where it says, God of compassion and mercy, whose son was sent not to be served but to serve. Mm -hmm. There's that thing again. again. Give grace that I may find in thy service perfect freedom, that language we Mm -hmm. certainly have in, in our prayer book prayers. And that and in that freedom, knowledge of thy truth. Grant that I may be a blessing to all thy children, of every faith and conviction, that together we may discover the ways of gentleness and be led into the paths of peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Mm-hmm. Amen. The point that the coronation is making is the true profession of the faith is to be a protector and guide to all people, mm-hmm. whether they believe or not. <clears throat> Obviously, um, the the Christian hope is that all people will come to know the love of Jesus Christ, right. but you don't bring people to the love of Jesus Christ by by abusing them mm-hmm. or causing violence or, or withdrawing your protection and care from them. And so... Charles is certainly making that that pledge to to be the king of all people to be the defender of the faith yeah. but not to squash <clears throat> out people of of any faith or none
0: right and there's that theme, and again this continuation of biblical themes of israel's role was to be um, the phrase we use in an evening prayer um, with simeon's language to be a light to lighten the gentiles or or the nations that Israel was chosen to almost be that model for all the other people. And that that's a similar idea of what we're getting here is the king is to be that model of faith, the light to literally enlighten the other nations, mm-hmm. um, to defend that faith, to show justice and truth and mercy and compassion as it is found in Jesus Christ so that all people might look at the king and ideally immediately see Jesus Christ and true religion. Yep. I mean, that's a, it's a bold uh, proposition and it's, you know, why the king throughout this will continually ask for God's help and protection during this because he has a tall task. I mean, it's it's an impossible one without God's grace, but um, they're, they're not shying away from what the ideal is. A very uh, traditional prayer book ordering, we have the epistle and then
1: the gospel mm-hmm. separated by a sung hallelujah, no Old Testament uh, reading.
0: And did you, I did not know this, um, in their little commentary for the gospel, they say that... Um, the Saint Augustine Gospels um, are going to be used for the gospel procession, and it was the the gospels carried by to England by Saint Augustine of Canterbury back in in 597. And so there's that link into when Christianity came to England. Um, I thought that was that was quite neat. It's a um, UNESCO World Heritage object and a precious historical artifact, and they said that. Um, they are the liturgical gospel book for this procession being used um, so there's kind I'm of assuming little things. that will be
1: used in the procession but not from which because correct yeah yeah they ready. say yeah. it
0: is used in the uh actually it says for the procession in reading I'm not sure exactly what that means but there is an attempt to make that connection to um, yeah. Christianity's history in the English language I doubt
1: the Bishop of London is going to read yeah. that in Latin yeah which is what I'm certain that
0: gospels in yes it is uh, it says it's a Latin translation of the gospel so very interesting
1: the Archbishop of Canterbury gives a sermon which was not done at Queen Elizabeth's coronation but has been done mm-hmm. um, for most of the um, for most of the uh, for the coronations and then this is now where I think we really start talking about there is an ordination mm-hmm. element here the vini Creator um, this is John cousins translation the one that we, we know most most um, most 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 of all, come Holy Ghost, our souls inspire and enlighten with celestial fire. Your point is is, is correct. This was sung before your ordination mm-hmm. to the priesthood. How uh, I many days ago now? You know, um, I don't know. You know. Three weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Also before your ordination to the diaconate, mm-hmm. before my ordination to the diaconate and the priesthood, before the ordination to, to the episcopacy mm-hmm. for those who were ordained. It is a calling down of the Holy Spirit. And that is an exceptionally important mm-hmm. part of the liturgy because we're asking the Holy Spirit to come down.
0: And, and you know, just to make this point abundantly clear, that is what we do in the Eucharist. That is what we do in baptism. Um, the, the request of the descent of the Holy Spirit is always connected with a sacramental rite. Um, yes. I think that's why you're making the point that this is... Um, intended to be a sacrament or at least sacramental like a sacrament um, because of that request of the Holy Spirit that is always associated in our liturgies with the other sacraments. What comes next is something that I love very much. The Archbishop of uh, Jerusalem Mm
1: -hmm. is presenting the holy oil. The oil was co-consecrated by... The Greek Orthodox uh, Patriarch and the Anglican Archbishop in Jerusalem, they did it together in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre and we
0: put up a picture of that I think just I think a few we weeks did. ago on yeah. our podcast and, and so. we, we have to remember that
1: that that Prince Philip was baptized Orthodox yeah. and again his mother uh, became mm-hmm. an Orthodox nun and is buried in Jerusalem. The Archbishop of um, Jerusalem is i've met him twice he's absolutely kind, dear soul. Um, Not much older than I am, Mm -hmm. and he's he's very hospitable to our pilgrims when we go to to Jerusalem, and he always meets with us.
0: And he'll be the one presenting the oil, the one presenting
1: it. So the fifty or so pilgrims from Saint Timothy's who have been there will will recognize him. In, In 2019, when we were there, he was the dean of the cathedral in Jerusalem, and then recently he he was elected as the Archbishop, and, um, and our pilgrims in 2022 um, met with him. So that will be a wonderful connection, connecting it to the Holy Land. I was about to say, it's it.
0: just a very blatant Old Testament Holy Land, Absolutely. the anointing of the kings of Israel um, from, you know, in Jerusalem, David's, you know, throne and the temple um, being brought to England now. And it's not just a nod to King Charles's father's, Yeah, there's a lot of cool personal connections, but there's also theological
1: connections. Theological, because this is an ecumenical event, that Mm -hmm. the Orthodox are involved in this, and it's important to note there are all kinds of kings throughout the world, not as many as as there used to be. This is the only one that is anointed Mm -hmm. as king, which is, again, so different. It's not just simply that someone takes over or and or by power and and declares themselves king, or by the luck of their birth they are born into a hereditary monarchy, but anointed by the church. After the thanksgiving of the holy oil is that wonderful Handel's piece Zadok the mm-hmm. priest and Nathan the prophet, quoting again what we led with from from um, from um, from the Old Testament, and then. There is this wonderful canopy that's going to be enveloped um, over, the, over King Charles, and he's anointed uh, on his hands, breast, and head. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we won't see that. Correct. We're not supposed to see that because that is the moment between King Charles and God. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I both were uh, ordained mm-hmm. and anointed among millions of other priests, only one person being done this, mm-hmm. you know. This is this is. I don't think we need to go too far into the divine right of kings. Yeah, but there certainly is this feeling that this is the one chosen by God mm-hmm. for this role, and that's
0: what's intended to be communicated here. Completely. Again, you can sit here in America and disagree with that, but when you look at the at the ceremony, that is what is being intended here. That is what is being communicated, and there are clear. Biblical references and support for this. Not only that, he has no political authority
1: over us, Mm -hmm. nor are we asking for any political authority to be over us. This is a spiritual event. Mm -hmm. And to have someone who is dedicating their lives and has to this point, Mm -hmm. but saying, I am here to be a servant of the people. Now people can be cynical and say... Well that's a, that's quite it's easy a, to
0: say when you got a lot of money it's
1: easy to say absolutely yeah. when you live in these palaces and things like that but I think we also have a li- a little bit more sympathy in watching the drama of the holy Family how that's been played out yeah they really aren't their own people yeah yeah yeah, and 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 they perhaps are in very, in very many ways envious of you and me. Mm-hmm. That you and I, after well, you know, after we do the podcast and I do my mass, I can go to lunch when I want yep, to. Yep. I can pick where do I want to go to
0: have lunch today. Mm-hmm. Who do I want to be with? That anonymity that does not exist for them yeah. and freedom that. You Know, I want to go to lunch by myself today. I mean, or
1: in or, and, and little things, like and that. our lives aren't scrutinized the way yeah. that theirs are. Like, right. you know, Queen Elizabeth and I imagine King Charles would be the same. Communion will be given, yeah. maybe in private, because the people, I mean, when we take communion, it's it's we take it for granted, but if they take communion in public, mm-hmm. everyone's watching, receive on the tongue, on the hand, yes. how, yeah. how yeah. how'd they look, absolutely. Um, again. A cynical view could be, let me have that kind of servanthood, but Queen Elizabeth was an example, mm-hmm. uh, unlike unlike any other, of 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 real service, and and she never quit and never gave mm-hmm. up after seventy years on the throne.
0: And again, if the point is to be leading the people every step of the way in justice and truth and promoting the true religion, um, it makes sense why you know we don't want them to worry about a job because ideally they're 100% aim should be promoting yep. the Christian faith. That should be their full-time job. Um, ideally, you know, that that might not always happen, that might not have happened historically, but that's a tall order. But why they, their life is dedicated to and that. And why did Queen Elizabeth for instance never stop? She
1: believed she was anointed right by God for to this, do this role. Task. Why did Charles I go to the scaffold and mm-hmm. lose his life for the church? He had all kinds of of outs, mm-hmm. political outs. He believed he was anointed mm-hmm. by God, and you can't, you can't turn your back on that. Mm-hmm. After the anointing, um, and there's this wonderful screen that we'll see that's made for this uh, that has a, an oak tree with the leaves for all the nations of the of the Commonwealth, and mm-hmm. there's a wonderful quote. By Julian of Norwich, um, that whose feast day is actually next week, yeah. that we'll celebrate, and um, all manner of things, all shall be well. And then he's presented some regalia. He's presented with spurs,
0: the exchange of swords, and there are all kinds of swords and here. One thing I noticed as I was reading through this for the for the spurs, for the other regalia, for the sword, every time it comes from the altar, and then I think you know he holds on to the sword, but like the spurs and stuff, they get return back to mm-hmm. the altar. I mean again. It used this... to be they
1: were put on him and I think at some point then they were like touched to his heel. Yeah. But clearly he was vested. But they're also in all coming
0: from the altar. Yeah. I mean that that's you know, they're they're spurs and a sword, but the idea is they are representative of something religious. Um, the the point that I want to talk about
1: is where he is vested in what is basically uh and it has a very fancy name, but he's vested in basically an alb. Mm-hmm. The robe and stole royal. Well, before even that. Oh, okay. Um, so he's he's vested in an alb, and then he is vested um, in the uh, in the tunicle mm. and then he is vested in the stole, and then and then the uh, the royal robe. And the difference between so the point is, you know, that you, he's vested in in that sort of alb, and then the tunicle, and and there's some interesting commentary how in the French liturgy, French coronation, in which this one is likely based, that the monarch is ordained to the minor order of mm-hmm. subdeacon, mm-hmm. which is what, you know, what the tunicle of what you wear. Um, and if you come to Saint Timothy's, the tunicle is what the deacon and the subdeacon wear. Mm-hmm. There's no difference in the cut. The decoration. I think in may one be, of our sets. There is. Yeah. But usually it's the same. Yeah. I it's, mean, it's, there may be a difference in decoration. Yeah, to distinguish right, right. between the deacon and the subdeacon, but it's it's a it's a it's a it's a garment that has sleeves, right. short sleeves and um, the king will wear that, mm-hmm. and then he will have a stole on top of that, which would be different. So if you're a deacon and you're wearing the, 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 the dalmatic, the stole goes underneath. Yeah, but Unless is, you're in a TV show, then you get made fun well, of,
0: because they pretend like they don't understand what, what the dress is. Yeah, but and,
1: the, and the comment that's often made is that this is showing this is a different kind of ordination. Yeah. It's a different kind of office. It's not simply the diaconate or or even the priesthood mm-hmm. it is or even or even the episcopacy it's a different kind of, of ordination but but there's there's a hint there is an ordination of sorts there whatever that is it's it's there um, and then the the robe is is like a cope but it's a it's a it's a it's cut a bit different has four yeah. corners to it but he, he clearly will be Vested yeah. in ecclesiastical it's garments.
0: A, a minor note, the um, it says the stole is made from the worshipful company of, of girdlers, I guess is how you pronounce it, um, and uh, their patron saint is St. Lawrence, um, mm-hmm. killed on a gridiron. So the stole will have a gridiron and palm branches, and in, in the uh, church's little commentary, they... And Lawrence re- was a deacon. ...remind us that Lawrence as a deacon, was martyred, and palm branches have long been a symbol of martyrdom. Again reminding us of that servanthood role, that he is, you know, in a sense to die to his own identity. Now he he is 100% serving the people. So the palm branches and St. Lawrence's gridiron reminders of giving up your life for the church and for the faith.
1: And not only that, but the great line of St. Lawrence when he was, he had two two great lines. But the one, he was in charge of the treasury Mm -hmm. of the the Vatican, and when when it was being um, pillaged, bring out the treasures of the church, yeah. he brought out the poor. And said, here they are. Here are the treasures of the church, yeah. the poor. Um, so powerful, powerful symbolism. Um, and then after that, he's given um, symbols of his temporal
0: authority, the orb. The orb. I, I looked up a picture of this, and I'm going to put it up on the screen because uh, I was very confused what it actually looked like. Um, but, it, I mean, it's it's an orb with with jewels, and then most importantly with a cross on top of it, and it's symbolizing Christ's authority over the entire world, of which Charles has been given, you know, a, a small sliver of. He to, is the to, servant. To, of, yeah. yeah. Um, so again, another reminder that this is Christ's dominion. He is the king of kings, and Charles is his servant.
1: Nowhere in this entire coronation is there ever given the hint that that Charles has power above Jesus Christ it's always reminded that it's the opposite. Or that Charles has power above the law of the gospel or right. of the church. Right. Um, and again, this, this coronation is making it clear he is the servant um, mm-hmm. of, of all um, in this role. He's given a ring, which is... Um, a sign of it's like it's like a wedding ring, um, yeah. of covenant between himself. Uh, with the well, the, the actual line the Archbishop says is: "Receive this ring, a symbol of kingly dignity. Yeah. Certainly, think of signet rings to sign the documents, and a sign of the covenant sworn this day between God and King, King, King and people. Mm-hmm. It is his wedding ring. That um, I mean, he's not putting it on, but but it's the wedding ring between himself and God." Not unlike when monastics may enter the enclosure, mm-hmm. they wear a wedding ring, the bride of Christ, but also between himself and the people, and these putting on gloves, and these are these are, um, gloves that have been used, and other things that have been used in previous coronations, the scepter and the rod, again more images of 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 power and justice and equity and mercy. Uh, in peace, that the archbishop will will say and, and and say clearly what the purpose is, and then after all this, now there's the crowning, mm-hmm. where the crown is is um, put upon him, and then um, the archbishop says, "God save the king," and then people say, um, "God save the king," and
0: then the bells ring for two minutes. Yeah. that's a long time. It is, and it says fanfare across all of the the nations. Yeah, yeah, it's across gonna be, all of the lands. It's going to be extraordinary.
1: And so then after that happens, um, then there is the blessing. So let's just go back for a moment to, because it's fresh on our minds, Mm -hmm. your ordination on on April 15th, where... um, you went in. There was there was the the examination, kind mm-hmm. of the oath. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the liturgy of the word. There was a sermon. There was the vini creator. Mm-hmm. Then the there ordination. Was the, um, the ordination, laying the, on of hands, and then there was the vesting. You were vested
0: And the presentation of a Bible.
1: Presentation of a Bible. You were given these things, and then um, and then after that, then there was you know moving into the to the to the liturgy of the altar. You weren't crowned and enthroned. But that's what what comes next after after the crowning, where the mm-hmm. king is enthroned, and then people uh, do the homage to him. Of the Church of England, the royal blood, uh, and then I think of the peers is what comes next.
0: And again, I love all of the um, the blessings that you know the Archbishop will give the Cardinal Archbishop. They're all again. May, you, may the Lord give you hope and happiness, that you may inspire all your people in the imitation of his unchanging love. Yeah. Again, you are, um, it's its the same language in the Old Testament where Israel is blessed to be a blessing. Correct. We are trying to bless King Charles that he may be a blessing to all of his people and all of the other nations. Um, and that goes back to Abraham, is that reference exactly. that I am blessed you, to be a blessing. And, the the only reason we, we are going through all this trouble is because we think it is it is worth it to... Bless a monarch, I mean, England thinks it is worth it. Bless a monarch to bless all of the other nations and all of the people with the service of Jesus Christ. So then there is uh, the the coronation mm-hmm. of uh, of Queen Camilla. Mm-hmm. She is
1: anointed, she's given a ring yeah, as they well. they kind of go through the same the thing, just faster. Just faster, because, uh, because the way it works that she serves people. As you know, as a part of, of mm-hmm. Charles, um, and then she's enthroned as well. And there's a, <clears throat> a new hymn, new anthem by Andrew Lloyd Weber. The music's going to be fantastic, <clears throat> can't wait to hear and see all that. And then we move into the offertory, yeah, sort of the same sort of things we're used to seeing. And the Holy Eucharist continues as normal with the final, yeah, and it really final is blessing exactly what people yep. have seen here at St. Timothy's. That part we're not going to go into as much because that is something we know, mm-hmm. um. And so I, I'm hoping that that members of the Episcopal Church of the Anglican Communion will find a bit of, um, if you want, I mean, I certainly am finding a bit of ownership because of our relationship with the Archbishop of Canterbury, right. which is where we find our identity as Anglicans mm-hmm. in our communion with him. And he, he is there because of the monarch mm-hmm. of, of the United Kingdom. And but also he is he is a, a Christian prince, a Christian monarch, mm-hmm. anointed by the Church of God, to proclaim the justice and mercy and peace of Jesus Christ, to uphold his laws, not by the stroke of a pen, mm-hmm. because times have changed, but by his sacrificial service, by his witness, by the voice that he gives. And and, and um, Charles, as the Prince of Wales, and already as as the King, has spoken out against. Christian persecution, mm-hmm. and he has spoken out um, or spoken for those being persecuted and against persecution, perhaps more than, than many many church leaders that that I hear of. Yeah. I mean, he really does have a heart for that, and and I'm grateful for it. And I think it's going to be an extraordinary event for which we can give thanks, without it without for one moment abdicating our our loyalty to yeah. our own nation. And our pride and patriotism and and being, and being Americans, which, which we should, but um, we also have that unique relationship through this church mm-hmm. to him and to what's going on on Saturday.
0: I think to, to close, uh, I'd be curious to hear um, both of us, but I'll, I'll ask it to you first, kind of respond to someone who might say, "You know like I'm American." given all the political history, I just don't really understand the point of this. I don't understand why, you know, I should get up early and watch this or, you know, say some prayers that you've created for this. Why, why is this um, worth my attention? Why should I pay attention to this as a Christian?
1: Well, if, if nothing else, it's the greatest, most public display of Christian theology and proclamation mm-hmm. maybe that the world has ever, yeah. ever seen, number one. That alone is is the reason to get up. Number two is this is your church. Mm-hmm. We are a part of the Anglican communion. And we were commenting earlier is that our first bishop consecrated for America after the Revolutionary War. Now, so you'll see in the coronation the homage of the Church of England. Mm-hmm. All ordained people have to give their allegiance to, the, to right. the monarch as the supreme governor. Well, after the Revolutionary War, that became... Awkward, strange for, for um, um for American mm-hmm. Anglicans, so we were without a bishop because we could not have a bishop um, consecrated, who was not also English. You know, and... Well, swearing allegiance to King George the with whom we were um, involved in a war, so the Americans sent Samuel Seabury to the to the bishops in Scotland for mm-hmm. consecration. Who were non? Who were called non-jurors? They did not swear allegiance to the monarch of of, of England at that time, um, and it wasn't because of uh, they were against the monarchy. It's because they were loyal to the Stuarts. Mm-hmm. When 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 James II was was um, kicked out, they they felt like that was a, a, a illegal rupture in in mm-hmm. in the and the hereditary monarchy, and so they were very f- much for the monarchy. They just thought they had the wrong ones on the on the throne. They were mm-hmm. they would not swear allegiance. So so um, Samuel Seabury went to the church in Scotland, uh, to the Scottish Episcopal Church, to to receive that 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 consecration. But it's our church that's mm-hmm. doing this. It's our Archbishop of Canterbury that's doing this, and that alone gives us a connection. The third thing. So the first one is it's the greatest public Christian act the world has ever seen. Number two, it is our church. Number Three is to be open to the fact that it is biblical as much as it as much as we are so formed by awful tyrannical versions of monarchy mm-hmm. there is a there is a biblical basis for this mm-hmm. and to be open to that in the sense that this monarch is going to be the example of Christian service and fidelity is inspiring and uplifting and should confirm our own faith. It's like we say in the in the, in the the 79 prayer book when we go to a wedding where in the prayers, the prayer is that all married couples who are in attendance may have their own loyalties yeah. strengthened. So while we are watching this great act of Christian service and commitment, it's an opportunity for our own loyalties mm-hmm. to Christ to be strengthened as well. So why not take advantage of it?
0: I think my encouragement would be, regardless, I mean, it really doesn't matter for a moment what your feelings about the monarchy or whether you think, you know, this is a good royal family or not, or whether you've watched The Crown or not and how much you know. This is a a Christian leader who will be on full display to the entire world. And as a Christian you should be praying for for him. You should be praying regardless of even whether you're Anglican or Episcopal or whether you're Roman Catholic or Baptist or Lutheran. This is someone who will be on full display representing Jesus Christ and, and his church. And it's worth saying a prayer for him for that, that, that he may accurately represent it, that he may serve God with love and charity and, and be a good model for non-Christians throughout the world. I mean, regardless of your feelings about him, he will be lifted up as an example of what Christianity looks like and what Christian leadership and service look like. So say a prayer for him. Um, Say a prayer that that would be a a good model and that he would spend the rest of his life making people come to church maybe again for the first time or who haven't been in a long time. I mean, this is an evangelistic opportunity for people to uh, remember, why does the church exist? Um, throughout the liturgy, they'll, they'll hear it over and over and over again that Jesus Christ is Lord, Savior of all, who died for us, and we serve him. Um, it's a great opportunity. So, regardless of your political feelings about this, say a prayer for him um, on Saturday that he may, you know, that people may be brought to Jesus Christ through him.
1: Yes. And, and the involvement of all these other Christian leaders yeah. is confirmation of, of that. that. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, it, I, I, I'm so excited for it. I, I wish it was later in the day. <laughs> yeah. But there will be a Mass here um, that you will be doing at 830 Assuming it's over, I mean, it it will be at eight thirty. There may be a a couple of things still going. The
0: the the major bits and pieces of the the procession will be will be done by then. But but, absolutely. But in Thanksgiving and in prayer that he may be a a faithful Christian witness for the rest of his life. Let us close in prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen.